0: From the Center of Theological Inquiry in Princeton, New Jersey, this is the Fresh Thinking Podcast. I'm Josh Malden, and I'm glad you're here. So I have with me today two of our uh, CTI Research Fellows in the current inquiry on the societal implications of astrobiology. Judith Gundry comes to us from Yale University, where she teaches New Testament. And Andrea Vicini comes to us from Boston College, where he teaches moral theology and ethics. So to begin, I'd like to ask Judy to say a bit about your own intellectual background, and in particular, what led you to an interest in biblical studies and in theology and religion.
1: Thank you, Josh. It's um, a pleasure to be here. I grew up in a Christian tradition um, in which great value was placed on the Reformation principle of sola scriptura, That is, the Bible is the supreme authority in matters of doctrine and practice. And uh, my upbringing also stressed uh, the priesthood of all believers, that is, every believer has direct access to God through the Spirit, prayer. So um, I combined these two emphases and I decided to become a Bible scholar uh, because I wanted to help others interpret the source, the key source of their for their beliefs and practice. And my particular focus became the New Testament. So um, a big part of the task that I have as a Bible scholar is um, to assess how biblical texts have been interpreted, to provide certain answers to questions about doctrine or practice. And in some cases, I find in my work that that, uh, interpreters or scholars treat the Bible like a mirror. They hold it up and what do they see? They see themselves and their own views reflected sure. in the Bible.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, but I think that the Bible wants to project something different. Hmm. Um, and I like, to th- the, I like to think of it this way. It's It's like Alice. Hmm. Um, we're like Alice when we read or try to interpret the Bible. Uh, we can climb through the looking glass into a world that's beyond. Hmm. And that's what I think the Bible enables us to do. Hmm. And uh, see something outside of our world, out something more than just uh, what's in our own imaginations. So I I think of my uh, work as a as a Bible scholar in that way to help people see beyond what they already know.
2: In my uh, training as a theologian, the Bible played a very important role. So I resonate with what Judith just shared. And uh, at the beginning of my theological studies, I was thinking of. Uh, Bible as the future step in terms of development before ethics would surface. Mm. Because uh, even being a Catholic, because I lived in the post Vatican, post Second Vatican Council Mm. era in the Catholic Church, I've been exposed to a strong uh, attention given to the Bible. And the Bible helped uh, uh, me and a group of friends to discover our uh, journey, our future step. or We we can use a a, a charge word, our vocation. Mm -hmm. So the Bible uh, and characters both in the Old Testament and uh, scenes in the New Testament played a very important role. So I resonate very much with what you are indicating, even if coming from uh, a different uh, branch of the Christian tradition. And in a different context than in a different country.
0: Hmm. So Andrea, was there a particular, what, what age was this when you were, what age were you when you were, uh, you were growing up in Italy and there was a certain group of you and friends who were reading the Bible and what, you know, when was that?
2: We were at the point where uh, we needed to make decisions about our lives mm-hmm. and I was doing medical studies, I was finishing my medicine and uh, mm-hmm. was, uh, beginning my studies in pediatrics and uh, with a group of friends, we had lived uh, various experiences together, particularly helping others, persons with uh, disabilities, where our friends would spend time together, helping them in their physical, uh, weekly exercises in a a rehabilitation center, with a pool, with, you know, gym, Hmm. and then spending weekends together and doing vacations together with the help of a, a, a parish priest. But then, that was somehow uh, not sufficient. We needed more uh, to decide what we wanted to do. You know, some were thinking about getting married, some were thinking about uh, becoming priests or becoming religious.
0: Mm.
2: And a Jesuit who was working in a nearby town, in Bologna, gathered us around the Bible Reading uh, passages from the Exodus and uh, trying to become part of the story and uh, trying to unpack the richness of the Bible, mm. not as something that is uh, in a bookshelf, but something that is alive, mm. that is really an opportunity to discover a God who wants to relate with us in a very personal way mm. and wants to help us to sort out our, you know. Gives uh, address our limits and uh, deal with our you know, different stories. Then, uh, as, as a Jesuit, he helped us also to find in Scripture a way to make decisions, and finding through Scripture the possibility of uh, finding ourselves the strength to make decisions. So, you know, some of my friends created a community uh, of families. Committed to help persons in need, you know, single mothers or persons with disabilities. And uh, some you know, became priests and uh, some joined the uh, religious life. You know. I joined the Jesuits at that point. A very new way of uh, finding God and ourselves, as Augustine reminds us, in God's Word in a way that was very personal, at the same time was very communal, because it was with the group of friends. Yeah. That's an amazing story. So, you you would, would you say your
0: decision to become a Jesuit and then to pursue, uh, be, become a theologian and, and uh, in work in religious ethics, Christian ethics, um, that, be, that began with this uh, group, which was reading the scriptures together?
2: Yes, because... It was an opportunity to discover a personal God, not a God that was uh, simply uh, there uh, within the liturgy or distant, was really connected to stories of persons and was really connected to my own story and was helping me concretely in in a spiritual way of course, Mm -hmm. and was helping me through other friends. So for this reason. I treasure the experience here at the CTI this year because it is another collaborative experience of course it's different with the group of scholars but there is uh, the desire of helping one another in our own projects at the same time in trying to understand how we can make a contribution on new uh, areas of uh, inquiry a new scientific uh, field uh, and
0: Speaking of our individual, the individual projects that you are, are working on, as you say, Andrea, the, each scholar has their own individual projects, and those sort of feed into the broader inquiry. But then that there's a sort of feedback loop, and that that, uh, that work of the, the, the colloquium and that sort of communal work then feeds back into the to the the individual projects that each is doing. So, to Judy, I'd like to get you to speak a bit about the the project you're working on as a New Testament scholar here at CTI.
1: Yeah, so my project uh, focuses on one of the Apostle Paul's letters, 1 Corinthians. And if you've read 1 Corinthians, you know it has everything to do with everyday life. How do you go about living your life day to day in this world? So it's got a lot of very interesting topics that we can easily resonate uh, with. Um, and my, my project actually focuses on three different topics in this letter that have to do with embodied existence or living as an embodied person uh, in the world. So Paul's interested in sex, sexuality, marriage. Uh, he's interested in uh, living, um, expressing love through our actions in this world toward others. And he's interested in what sort of life after death there might be that has a a bodily characteristic. So I'm looking at all these different passages in 1 Corinthians trying to see what sort of vision of of this life um, as we live it out um, and of uh, the future life um, as a life in some sort of a body, a spiritual body he calls it, which uh, I think means a body that's given life by the Spirit and thus will never die. So I'm looking at all of those. In particular, um, I'm, I'm interested in um, how Paul defines the present world or the present life as uh, something that's good. Uh, he values the material world, material existence, um, using the world to do good, to supply our earthly needs. At the same time, he um, points out that it's a transitory world. Uh, In fact, he says it's already passing away, Um, and it's it's being replaced already by a new kind of life within the present, a new life is coming about. So I'm very interested in what he has to say about how you live in that tension between valuing the present world and also not ascribing it ultimate significance. What are the kind of ethical implications of that that he, that he um, draws? Uh, one particular issue he's very interested in, in is um, marriage, celibacy, and he doesn't mention it, but having children. So the big question is, why doesn't he mention having children? Uh, if, because that was the purpose uh, of marriage in, in the ancient world. Uh, so what sorts of decisions um, does he ask us to make, do he ask the Corinthians to make about whether to marry, whether not to marry, whether to have children, whether not to have children, in the light of the fact that, that they understand now that this life is something penultimate, and that there is something yet better, which is coming into being, and how do you live in the light of those, those things? So I think it's particularly interesting. Um, those are particularly interesting questions for our inquiry mm-hmm. on astrobiology because the science is asking, uh, what, how do we live in a world that we recognize to be finite uh, because uh, we have a, don't have an infinite amount of time on planet Earth? How do we... Uh, live in such a way that we uh, prolong the flourishing of life on earth? Mm. How do we live in the light of the, the uh, ultimate coming to an end of life on this planet? Those are interesting questions to consider in uh, by bringing to bear the resources of, of some of these early Christian documents.
2: Come to CTI with uh, the desire of exploring more resources in uh, the theological tradition centered on, uh, as Judith was saying, on ordinary life. So ethics as something that is not uh, uh, limited to an academic field but ethics as something that really helps people to live uh, the challenges of daily life and to address the various issues. So among the resources that I find in uh, the theological tradition Twelve people to address issues we can name for believers scripture we can look at insights from the tradition we can look at insights that come from various scientific disciplines we can look at experience and more in depth we can turn to virtues to principles to norms as uh, we could say tools that help us to address uh, Issues and challenges. Among them, during this this month here at the, at the at the CTI, my desire is to focus on one of these resources, that is human emotions, and trying to see how emotions p- to play a role in decision making process, in discernment, in uh, confirmation about decisions that. They know one uh, has made. Emotions have been addressed by various uh, theologians throughout the history of Christianity by philosophers. Now they are studied by neuroscientists. Would it be possible to look at emotions from these different points of view? I believe it could be possible and uh, I'm trying to see if uh, the time for research here at the CTI would allow me at least to begin research an interdisciplinary research on emotions Mm -hmm. and astrobiology seems to be an interesting scientific field or endeavor that can be studied because emotions are already playing a role in Mm -hmm. the process of uh, choosing the fields of research thinking about uh, the origin of life focusing on RNA instead of DNA Mm -hmm. focusing on uh, geological events that have played a role, or uh, investing in uh, space exploration. So even choices in terms of uh, research projects and grants could be determined, among other things, Mm. by an emotional component. Mm. So what would be the influence of the emotions in the shaping of uh, the astrobiology as a field, as an endeavor? What would be the consequences uh, in terms of research when we eventually or hopefully, we'll find signs of life outside of the Earth. So, what will be the implications? In terms, uh, will be the responses emotionally, and will be the consequences of these emotional responses. So, there is a richness that can be found in the theological tradition that has tried to reflect on emotions, as, as I said, in other uh, areas of research, neuroscience, philosophy, and psychology, that could help to equip ourselves for uh, the challenges that we might you know, face in the future in this field and analogously maybe in other scientific fields. Is there a way in which your own
0: medical background as a medical doctor influences how you study emotions?
2: Surely there is a an attention to the person, mm-hmm. we could say an, an anthropological focus. Mm-hmm. Emotions are part of uh, the way in which we deal with uh, ordinary life and health, and disease, and the losing of one's ability uh, affect our emotions. And we respond emotionally to what concerns us and others around us. And hopefully, even those who are not near us but who are on this world. And so, of course, there is you know, this attention to the person that I recognize in uh, everything that concerns health that you know, continues in, in the desire of exploring what relates to ethical behavior. What sort of things have you learned from
0: the, the group as a whole? Where have you changed your mind in the, on certain issues? How has the colloquium, the symposia, the, the research with your fellow scholars reshaped your own
2: project. I found very enriching the possibility of interacting with colleagues in a very supportive and collaborative way. Uh, let us think, for example, at the last colloquium we had yesterday, I found that it was really the desire of uh, trying to reflect on astrobiology, and we had you know, a team of three of us who were involved, in a way that uh, showed, uh, you could say, Descartes. Had, that each one had in uh, one's hands, but also uh, the the ability of being receptive to uh, what other insights might be, you know, uh, indicated by other colleagues. And so there is a, a dimension of uh, longing for a feedback, and in a humility in receiving uh, comments or feedback. And uh, it seems to me that there are situations and contexts where there is a level of uh, respect for the other uh, opinions that enriches the the opportunity of uh, being together. So you feel that the comment that is being uh, addressed is uh, not aiming at uh, attracting attracting the attention on the person who is making the comment, but really aims at uh, further deepen the understanding or adds to the insights that the other colleague has shared. There is a dimension of vulnerability always when you interact with colleagues. And if you find that there is a respectful interaction, it seems to me it enriches you know, the, the group. And uh, I personally have been enriched by the comments that other colleagues had uh, for one another, the possibility of finding a context where there is the willingness of uh, helping others to sharpen and uh, hopefully perfect and uh, certainly improve what uh, is the result of each one's uh, reflection.
1: I think for me, um one of the most positive things has been to come to a new appreciation of how uh, useful um, and fruitful it is to use different approaches to the same question, to come together and to um, to have a, a more a, an enriched conversation uh, by sharing our insights by uh, by collaborating um, as theologians, biblical scholars, and Ethicists and scientists um, to ask these big questions and um, to um, to collaborate then in, in providing um, perspectives that are well-rounded, that are comprehensive, that are not reductionistic, mm-hmm. um, because the reality is simply way too complicated um, to be to uh, to be able to grasp it. Um, just from one angle, so I've really appreciated um, that in very that process of en- enrichment of my own perspective and, and knowledge through the collaboration with other colleagues.
0: Well, certainly, I want to thank both of you for for being here and being on the podcast, and also for both of you enriching the conversation this this year, as both of you certainly have to a great extent. So, thank you both. Thank, thank you, to you.